0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Even the mighty archangel Lucifer, God's angel of light, was brought to defeat an eternal separation from God by the powerful evil of that sin of all sins, pride. Pastor Ray feels so strongly of the importance of Christians to deal with pride that he's decided to rebroadcast a powerful nine-day message he previously taught in the early spring of this year entitled Integrity, True Humility, and Pride. Once again, Pastor will emphasize the truth that while pride always seeks to satisfy self, True humility always demands a spirit of true love, pleasing to man, as well as God, and integrity flowing from a deep conviction concerning uprightness, godly character, and moral courage. Knowing from Scripture's book of Proverbs that... He who walks in integrity and with moral character walks securely. No serious Christian can argue with God's irrefutable truth that the spirit of true humility is impossible without there first being a spirit of true love.
1: Today, I want to go to Philippians chapter two, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of go with the flow of the spirit here and just kind of preach off out of the depth of my heart. But um, second, uh, Philippians chapter two is a whole passage about humility. And um, I want to talk about humility tonight. And um, the title, if if I were gonna give this a title, I'd call it this, The Power of the Principle of Humility. There's power in the principle of humility. And so few that I've come across really have understood the fullness of the power that there is behind the principle of humility. And yet, in Philippians chapter two, the Holy Spirit has outlined this whole portion of this, this first portion of this chapter, um, outlining Jesus and the act of humility that he went through or he humbled himself in for the benefit of all of us. And really, as you study these first few verses these several verses of the second chapter of Philippians you begin to find out that this is not just there for information but this is there for instruction there's a difference between information and instruction not all information is going to instruct you in something it's just going to give you some information but some information is there for the purposes of instruction in other words pay attention to this because you're to learn something from t- from this and begin to put this into operation in your own life. And I believe that in these verses, as I've studied these verses, we find the most awesome principle and the power that's behind that principle of this thing called humility. And uh, this is laid out so that you and I can follow in the same act of humility as Jesus Christ. And by doing so, we can stand in this position of receiving the same kind of blessing that took place in Jesus' life. Now, now I know that sounds a little strange, no one's ever heard that, but you have to remember something that this these verses teach us something. That Jesus, even though he was in the splendors and the glories of heaven, left the splendors and the glories of heaven and came to earth, divested himself of all of his glory, not of his deity or his divinity, but all of his glory. He, he stripped himself and came into this earth and lived as a man on this earth. He had to live and go through the same kinds of things that you and I live through and go through every day of our lives. And as a result of that human activity, because we also understand that Jesus was not only uh, you know, all God, but he was also, while he was in this earth, all man. So he was the God-man. Is everybody with me? I know somebody say, "Well, that's really difficult to understand. Just take it by faith. He was all God, but while he was in this earth, he was all man, he had left the splendors and glories of heaven, came here and became all man at the same time as he was all God. But he didn't operate in his divinity while he was on this Earth. He operated in his humanity because he became a prototype for you and for me, and for all men to follow after. This act of humility that Jesus performed was an act of his humanity, not of his deity. Am I blowing anybody away? This was an act of his humanity, not his deity. So therefore, if it was an act of his his humanity, then therefore it would be possible for every other human to follow likewise in in the same way. So I believe that these verses really call us to examine them and to begin to see the power that there is in this principle of humility and begin to experience this in the same way that Jesus experienced it and come out on the other side just as blessed as Jesus was in his humanity, the human side. Is everybody with me? Did I go over anybody's head yet? If I did, don't worry about it. The Holy Ghost will make it, rhema to your heart. Hallelujah. So let's just get into this and let's... um, start at chapter two, verse one. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Now listen to this verse three. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. So, so Paul is writing to the Philippian church and to us and reminding us or exhorting us here that nothing should be done through selfish ambition or conceit. We have to understand something, folks, that we're in this earth not for our own pleasures and our own joys. God wants us to have pleasure. God wants us to have nice things. And God wants us to have joy in this earth. But we're not here for our own purposes. Is everybody with me? I think we've got to turn this air conditioning, make it a little cooler. It's hot now. <laughs> I'm burning up. I'm burning up, so you better, you better fire this up a little bit or blow a fan on me or do something. We are not here for our own purposes. And, and one, of the, one of the most shameful things is for a Christian to give himself over to being nothing but self-centered and self-focused and every ambition of his life to be nothing but that which is spent on self. Basically, if we're going to really operate in the, in the principle of humility, we're going to have to deal with self. <laughs> See, I told you I was fighting with this thing. You know, help me here. Don't let me sink by myself. We're going to have to deal with self because self wants to sit on the throne. Self wants to be in the driver's seat. Self wants total and absolute attention. Self wants total and absolute gratification. Is anybody with me? But what we have got to come to understand is that we've been called to this great salvation not for ourselves. Yes, we get the awesome benefit of of salvation and all the blessings that go with it. But it's not just for us. It's for the people that are out there that have yet to come to know Jesus. And unfortunately, see, I keep saying this and I'm going to keep saying it because I believe that in this house, God is about to make some people very, very prosperous and very, very famous in our house, in this church. I believe that. I have believed that from the day I started this church, that from this church would come successful, prosperous business people, fam- famous people would be raised up from within the walls of this church. But one of the perils of this kind of blessing in our lives is that we could lose sight of the fact that God gave us what we have because he had others in mind and not just you And me. That's right. Amen. So when prosperity comes to me, when fame comes to me, when doors of opportunity that I know and you know are only and could only be opened by God begin to open and we receive increase in our lives, we should never for a minute forget where it's come from and what we are to do with it. Nothing should be done through selfish ambition or conceit. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I've known so many Christians over the years that started with nothing and got, got blessed and ended up all puffed up about it, prideful about it, and totally without, without any remembrance whatsoever of where all that came from and did not honor God in it, did not honor, that's a disgrace. And that's a dishonor to the gospel and to the name and the purposes and the plan of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't only have to be money that we get blessed with. Over my years, I've known people that have cried out for God for something other than money. And God has blessed them with it. And all of a sudden, it becomes the, the central focus of their life. And God begins to slowly slip away and become Secondary, And I'm going to say something that God wants and desires that he would be primary, that he would sit on the throne of our heart, that he would be primary, the primary focus of our attention. Right. So let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. So we've got to deal with this spirit in our lives. And we all deal with it from time to time. We become self-focused, self-centered. I am going to say some things here right now. That even a person, even a person, uh, th- I, let me say it this way. I've known people that are so fixate, fixated on themselves, their own problems, their own needs, their own wants. Whenever you get around them, all they do is talk about what they need, what they want, what they don't have, what they wish they did have. Is anybody with me? I'm going to tell you what. This is a form of selfish ambition and conceit. This is a form of pride. When I'm so self-focused that I cannot think of anybody else, I think my problems are the worst. I think nobody has it any, any worse than I do. Like I, there's, couldn't Anybody couldn't be any worse than me. And there are a lot of Christians that live in that place. And that is a form of, of, of just being, it's selfish and it's conceit. And it's, it's, it's just focused on me. And my needs and my wants. So it says here, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, lowliness of mind, lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I'm going to tell you what, every prideful thought begins or every uh, act of pride or pride of the heart begins in the brain, in the mind. That's why the Bible has given us those beautiful verses where it says, you know, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Further on in Philippians, you see patterns of thought that we're told to think about. I think it's right here in in Philippians 4, where it tells us, finally, brethren, 4, 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard from me and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So we begin to, we see in these verses that that if we don't take control over our thinking and our thought process, that eventually every thought that lodges itself in the the brain is going to end up in our heart, and you see, pride is really an issue of the heart, but it doesn't start in the heart, it starts in the mind, because You know, you started to maybe be lifted up or lifted yourself up and you you took those thoughts and you didn't do the right thing with them. You held on to them and you thought about them long enough and they went down from the brain. They got down into the heart and now you have a heart problem. Now pride has gotten to the heart. So he says in lowliness of mind, that's why we must keep a low profile. And keep, I, I, one, one man of God said to me, I think it was, I think I shared this a couple weeks ago, but Brother Hicks said to me, said, said um, have a low opinion of yourself. Think small in your own thinking. Others can think big about you, but don't ever start thinking big about yourself. Think small, keep small in your own eyes is probably the way that he said it. So let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in the lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Man, does that go against our carnal nature? Let each esteem others better than himself. That's a pretty powerful thought. That means, you see, because, see, I am going to tell you what, true love the way God means love. See, we don't, I don't believe in the Christian church, in the church we understand the fullness of what love is. Because love, the way Jesus demonstrated love and the way he wants us to walk after love is demonstrated in this. And you've heard me say this, but I'm gonna say it again because there are a lot of new people that never heard this before. The way Jesus demonstrated love is that others benefit at my expense. Isn't that the act of salvation? Isn't that what Jesus did on the cross? We benefited at his expense and he called that great love and he he commands us to walk in the same kind of love that he walked in. So that means that if I'm going to walk in the kind of love that God desires and demands of me, others need to benefit at my expense. In other words, if I live as a Christian and it never costs me anything as I interact with people, I have fallen far from the example of love that God has laid out for me to follow. Oh, boy, thank you for those weak amens. True love means that it's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me energy. It's going to cost me patience. It's going to cost me forgiveness. It's going to cost me understanding. It's going to cost me money sometimes. Others are going to benefit by those things in my life, and that's what, that's what this verse is really addressing. In lowliness of mind, let us each esteem others better than ourselves. Let's give them love the way God wants us to give it. Verse 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. In other words, we cannot be self-focused. And, and I, I, I think that one of the problems that we have in the body of Christ today, and I believe, I don't know what it is, but I believe the Lord is trying to get at this in our lives is that we've got to see that it is time for us to begin to rise up and see how much power we have, how much ability we have to really affect others' lives, but as long as we stay all puffed up in our own little life, all puffed up in our own, you know, situations, our own little families, our own little needs, our own little wants, we're not going to be useful to meet and to help to meet others' interests. Every one of us ought to be looking to how we can help somebody else. Every one of us ought to be looking for how can we affect another life. Because this is what the word commands us. It let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And so many Christians that I've come across uh, come, uh, you know, paths with are just so focused on themselves. This is selfish. This is conceited. This, this is pride, which is the opposite of humility. Yes. Ooh, yes. Ah. <laughs> Pastor Ray, don't step on my toes so hard. Now listen, he says in verse five, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So here again, we see that the entrance, the way to the heart is through the mind. We've got to keep the right stuff in the mind in order for the heart to stay right. And if we keep a low profile, if we keep, a low assessment of ourselves. If we stay humble in our own thinking, then this is what's going to get into our heart. And this is what's going to drive and control our lives. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he begins to show us what that mind of Christ was. What was Christ's thinking? What was he like? What, what 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 is this what is this model that Jesus lays out for you and for me? And he says in verse 6, he says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now that can be pretty confusing. So I, I took out the NIV version, and this is how it's said, and you can understand this better. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, he was equal with God. He was in the glories and the splendors of heaven. But God had a higher purpose and a plan. And in order for that plan to come about, Jesus had to put that down, humble himself, come into this earth, and do something else for a while so that we could all be blessed. You know, this says something to me. Sometimes we've got to come down a couple notches, let go of something in order to gain something greater. See, this is the principle of humility. The principle of humility is I let go of my pride. I let go of these things. That I want. I let go sometimes, you know, like I might have a right to hold an unforgive, not, not, I don't have a right, but you understand what I mean. I might be, it might be right that I am offended because someone truly did something to hurt me. And I may have a right to hold on to that offense. But if I'm going to live after the principle of Jesus, I'm going to have to lower myself. I'm going to have to come down from that high place that I set myself low, come down to this low place to achieve a greater good. Ooh. So the principle that we, let me read it again. He said, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God, something to be held on to. So so he didn't hold on to his position. He let it go. And as a result, he gained something greater that didn't even really benefit him personally. It benefited you and me. Ooh, my gosh. Am I speaking over everybody's head here tonight or what? This is the pattern that Jesus has laid down for you and for me, who being in the very form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Why? Because in humility and lowless of mind, he knew that there were people that were hurting you and me, and we needed a savior, so he was willing to divest himself of all of his glory. He didn't hold on to the equality with God, and what that means is in his his glory, he never left his, his deity. It was his glory that he left to come. How many of you would agree with me that heaven compared to earth... I mean, earth is like nothing. Now, this is like a slum compared to heaven. Would you agree with me? He left that position to come to this low place in order to bless you and me. He didn't even get anything personally out of it. So he didn't think that holding on to what he had was of any benefit. So in this lowliness of mind, Jesus came into this earth left all of that glory, held on to his deity, took on the form of man. Could you imagine how frustrating that must have been for Jesus? To have been in heaven with all the splendors and the glory in heaven, but to have left it all behind to take on the form of a human and to be contained in this human body. Think about it. And to be subjected to all the human things that we're subjected to, God in the flesh. But yet, for him, He said, this is the mind, the Bible teaches us, this is the mind that was in Jesus, that he was willing to leave all that, to come down to this place, to leave that, to achieve and to accomplish a greater good for you and for me. This is true humility. When we're willing to let go of something for a greater good, to bless somebody else, I forgive, I release somebody. It may not be easy for me. But true humility says, in this humble mind, I have to get myself together and say, I have to do this because this is the right thing to do. I humble myself. I lower myself. I come down a few notches so that I can accomplish a greater good. I can accomplish something greater for somebody else. Oh my gosh, So he did not consider equality with God something to be held on to. That's why every blessing we have, we can never hold on to it. Every blessing we receive from God, we've got to understand that God empowered us with that blessing. And sometimes we're going to we're gonna have to
0: just turn it over. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors.